getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. The Morning Drive, we got a bunch of people that got sleepy sleeves uh, in their uh, eyes this morning. Uh, Blake has uh, texted in saying, I guess I decided to sleep through my alarms now an hour late to work. Hashtag good day vibes. Ouch. So Blake and Bullfighter <clears throat> both are uh, in a bad spot this morning. That's not good. Um, Just kind of lo- feels like you're behind the whole day. No doubt. You're you're uncomfortable. You're mm-hmm. frustrated with yourself. You feel bad that you didn't mm-hmm. show show up on time. You mm-hmm. hope that it didn't affect somebody else. And, mm-hmm. You just can't wait to the end of the day so you can just hit the refresh <laughs> button and start again tomorrow. Right, yeah. right, <clears throat> right. No uh, no doubt. I hope I haven't made any of those guys feel bad. <laughs> right, right. That's just the feeling I have. Right, no, I, I, think you're, I think you're right. You just kind of had that feeling. It's like, mm. oh, man. I didn't I just, think I was going to – I thought I was going to be late today because a gate wouldn't let me in. So Yeah, I had the same problem. Yeah, but I, I, I was able to – climb over the top no, okay I'm, no i'm just kidding okay. got it to work finally i was in the same <clears throat> same boat and then i was afraid that you were going to be behind me and you'd be honking your horn going oh. get out of the way Hines. Hey, you know me <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me <laughs> if i'd have seen you stopped there <clears throat> trying to get in i might have just drove by <laughs> just <kept trying. laughs> uh, i guess it's uh, i guess we're not supposed to work today uh, yeah it must, yeah, it must just, be a holiday yeah. right Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, sad news, but I, I, you know, it's it's uh, it's such a difficult, uh, it's a terrible disease, uh, and when you've had this long battle, sometimes I don't want to say this wrongly, but it can be somewhat of a blessing, even though it's sad. But uh, Gary Gaines passed away yesterday. He had been uh, suffering from Alzheimer's for uh, quite some time. Uh, he was seventy-three. Of course, Coach Gaines was. Uh, the, uh, the coach at Odessa Permian uh, for Friday Night Lights um, back in 1988. His 1989 team won the state championship and then declared national champions. He uh, also spent some time in Lubbock. He, after the 89 season in which they won the state championship, uh, joined uh, Coach Spike Dyke's staff and then spent some time at LISD as well. I, I, wonder, I wonder if you ask those folks in Odessa and the Permian people that gave Buzz Bissinger, you know, basically total access uh, for his 1988 team. I wonder if you said to them, if you had to do it all over again, would you still do it? Um, because of the book? Because of the movie? Because of the book? Because of the mo- yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole thing. I mean, I think it somewhat split the town. I don't know if it split the town, but I mean, it just... They didn't always show them in the best light because it made them look like fanatics. Um, made them look like every other high school town in Texas, right? Yeah, I mean, and I, I wasn't living. I wasn't living in Texas when I got the book and when I read it um, for the first time, and it was so it was, it was somewhat eye opening um, when you when you just kind of read that from afar, as opposed to when you're when you're in it. You don't necessarily <clears throat> you don't necessarily. I, I, I don't know. I set a different perspective, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I Maybe it was because I was living in Texas at the time, but I mean, I don't see anything that was just outrageous there. Okay. Okay. I mean, that was over the top or crazy or whatever. I mean, people putting pressure on the head coach to win. 
Yeah, I think that happens a lot in the state of Texas. Yeah, no, high, no, no doubt. High school coach. Where he had the, you know, the for, the, <clears throat> for sale signs. Yeah, after sure. After um, losses and things like that. I, I, I mean, do I think that's crazy and unnecessary? Sure, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Not the right way to handle things? Absolutely. But no, it doesn't. I, I didn't know that it had split the town. I, I mean, I don't know about split me, the town. Consider but me uneducated about all that. I don't know about I mean, split the town. I think there was just, you know, they they didn't necessarily like how they were foreseen as uh, idolizing high school athletes um, to the point where they were chartering planes. I mean, it was, of course, it was during the, you know, the oil. I don't know, the oil busted maybe. Had, had so are taken, we now more accepting of it? Yeah, I think we are. Okay, I was going to say, because I, I think it, we are. high school athletes are treated way better now than they were then. Yeah, and, but I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, I, maybe to the, to the outside world, outside of, outside of the state of Texas, I think it was maybe a, you just kind of went, oh, wow. I didn't realize, I knew it was big. I didn't realize it was that big. How about that? Okay. You know, that's, that was just my, I mean, that's, I was fascinated by the book. It was extremely well written. Um and it was kind of like uh, yeah. John Feinstein's season on the brink, where you you kind of get a end of the you know you get a, a true inside look. And sometimes when you get a true inside look at things and see how the sausage is made, you're like, man. Well, there's no no question about that. Uh, this texter off the Yates Florence Center chat line says the book made the town look like a bunch of fanatical football crazed racists who wanted to win at all costs. Now I would agree with as far as the I didn't read the book. I just saw the movie. I didn't. The racist part didn't jump out to me in the movie, but maybe in the book. That's yeah. A I think in the deal. book, it it, yeah. it did in terms of yeah. how some of those kids were treated or looked. But I mean, it's just uh, you know. And, and then the the first time that I um, went to Permian and just the you know everything was about Mojo. It was just it, part of it. It was like, wow, this is it's kind of cool and it's crazy. Uh, and, and it kind of speaks to the difference, I think, too, with regard to high school football here versus maybe Odessa and Midland um, and um, and even Amarillo. And I'm not saying it's not big here. It's just because of Texas Tech, there's a lot of oxygen that's taken out of the room when it comes to sports, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's football, baseball, basketball. And, you know, down there, it's like, man, it's 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 everything. You know, Friday night is is everything um, in uh, in Midland, Odessa, and certainly surrounding towns. I'm not saying it's not here. It's just it just feels different here than it does down there. Whenever I've been down there, okay, that just it just okay. it just feels it just feels different uh, to me. Yeah, I I just um, you know the fanatical part of it or whatever. I think is is I just compare you know, to my friends or relatives growing up mm -hmm. in New York. And then what we do here athletically in the state of Texas and how it's just taken so much more serious than it is there. And that's why the state of Texas is one of those states, the few, California and Florida, right. that put out so many more athletes. Mm-hmm. And if we compare what our kids do on a daily basis with their schools here compared to what they're doing in other states on a daily basis, I mean, you can see that this state takes 
athletics really serious. And I have no issues with that. I love it. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. And um, I just, I think it, it, for some kids, it gives them a chance to be passionate about something that maybe they wouldn't have an opportunity to be. Um, I think my, my kids are pretty passionate about the sports that they play. And I think there's thousands and thousands and thousands of kids across the state of Texas who are the same exact way. And I, I just think it's different in other states. And so they can think the people of Texas are fanatical about high school sports all, all they want. I have no issue with that. Yeah. <laughs> I have no issue with that. I'm proud right. that, that the state that I live in handles handles it the way they do. I don't think they're fanatical. I think it's awesome. Now, do I think there are crazy parents? I mean, it's I'm in shock with some of the stuff. I mean, the whole I'm going to buy a house in a different part of town so cuz my kids not starting or my kids not on the team that I think they should be or I'm going to change school districts because they didn't put them on varsity, they put them on JV. It's, I mean, it just blows my mind the stuff that I've I have come across over the last few years but so th- that's part of the fanatical part too sure um but that's also part of parents now who it's uh well, well the grass is greener somewhere else let's let's not teach our kids to fight through and learn to adapt let's you know blame it on this school and we'll go somewhere else and make adversity. it easy for them yeah yeah uh somebody says this i knew coach Gaines personally he was the furthest from the racist i think mm-hmm. the point was is that the book made the town look that way and that people didn't necessarily like how they were portrayed in the book yeah you know, there was I, I never wh- read the book so i can't there really was some there was probably some poetic license that was taken there some some context that people didn't really like especially when they were viewed from a different angle um with regard to the book i thought the book was fascinating interesting uh and sometimes those that live the actual truth would say yeah a lot of that happened but there was some extra context taken there that maybe wasn't really there getting you up and getting your sports day started this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 time for this day in sports history today is the 23rd day of august 2022 here is jeff mcguire i spend a lot of time talking about the the failures of my favorite baseball team oh okay you got some successes Um, today because there's a lot of failure Mm -hmm. in the history of my favorite baseball team however (laughs) <laughs> 1906 uh-huh you know back before there were dinosaurs the ba- chicago year. white Sox win their 19th straight beating the washington senators four to one at american league park wow. 19 in a row that's a pretty good run that's a really good run that would also explain where all of the luck went for my team in 1906 uh 1923 pablo nermi official marathon runner of the morning drive of Finland mm. runs a world record one mile in four minutes, 10.4 seconds in Stockholm. The record would stand until 1931. I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure I could get half a mile in four minutes, Chuck. Really? Okay. <laughs> half a mile? <laughs> yeah. Half of I, what I, he I, did. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I what could. What year was that again? 1923. 1923. The record would stand until 31. Wow. And then that's crazy. It is crazy. And I was, I was looking up when Jim Ryan, uh, had his sub four minute. I want to say that was late forties. He was the first high school athlete to run a mile under four minutes. Let's see. 
Yeah, so that probably, probably so. 1936, 17-year-old Cleveland infielder, future baseball Hall of Famer, I'm, I'm sorry, Indian future baseball Hall of Famer, Bob Feller, debuts in a Major League Baseball game. He strikes out 15 St. Louis Browns in a 4-1 to win at League Park in Cleveland. It was the first time you could go to the park and say, is Feller pitching? At which point they would say, well, I hope there's a Feller pitching. So Roger Bannister, on. 1954. So I'm sorry. So, who's on first reference? Go ahead, Chuck. Sorry. No. no. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Four minute mile. Go ahead. Roger Bannister, 1954. Any relation to Jeff? No. <laughs> he didn't get fired. 1942. <laughs> Walter Johnson pitches to Babe Ruth in a pregame attraction that draws 69000 for a New York Yankee-Washington Major League Baseball doubleheader at Yankee Stadium. It raised $80,000 for Army-Navy relief. Oh, that's cool. So, factor in inflation, that's just an absolute truck ton of money. So, uh, good on those two. 1947, first baseball Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. The Maynard Midgets beat the Lock Haven All-Stars 16-7. to Would you ever go to Williamsport just uh, just to see it? It's like bucket list for me. Is it? Okay. I would love to go. Yeah. 1968, Yankees and Tigers play to a 3-3 tie in the 19th due to a 1 a.m. curfew. That is the strangest part of that to me, the 1 a.m. curfew. I don't know why there was a 1 a.m. curfew. 1970, Roberto Clemente completes his record second straight Five-hit game. Not just five hits in a day. This is five hits in two days in a row. Impressive. 1992, Dennis Eckersley, who previously set a record for most consecutive saves at 40, is the first pitcher to record 40 saves in four different seasons. And in 1993, Fred McGriff and David Justice are six to hit back-to-back -back home runs twice in the same game. National Cuban Sandwich Day. I am out. National Sponge Cake Day. Uh, you know, I'll, I would eat it. I'm out. My mom would make sponge cake every once in a while. It's like of, of the cakes, you know, there's no, not too many bad cakes. Happy birthday, former Red Raider basketball player, all around one of our favorites. Keenan Evans turns 26 today. Mm. Uh, Steph Curry is 32. Jeremy Lin, 34. Uh, Scott Kahn, son of James Kahn, also an actor in his own right, is, is 46. Rick Springfield turns 73 today. Barbara Eden, 91. Wow. I dream of Jeannie. Rudy Rudiger, 75, and quite fam uh, possibly one of the most famous batting stances of all time. Julio Franco turned 65 today. And I got two tidbits of history, because one of them could have been in the sports section, but it's really more of a news story. 1814, Dolly Madison saves a portrait of John Washington from being looted by the British troops during the War of 1812 mm -hmm. at the White House. And in 1989... As punishment for betting on baseball, Cincinnati Reds manager Pete Rose accepts 
a settlement that includes a lifetime ban from the game. In 2004, so, you know, 14 years later, after years of repeated denial, Rose publicly uh, published a book, My Prison Without Bars, in which he finally confessed to gambling on the Reds, though he added that he always bet on his Reds to win. Because of a lifetime ban, Rose cannot work in Major League Baseball, and despite his stellar playing career, is not eligible for the Hall of Fame. And that is this Dan Sports History. Wow, 1989. That's, uh, it's, it's, in some days it seems like yesterday with regard to Rose. And then you go back to 2004 where he admits it. And here we are 18 years later and he still, he still can't get out of the way of himself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. I mean, his missteps are many. I mean, just, just asking him to just be honest. Right. And just come clean. And, uh. He continues to make himself look like an idiot. I mean, here we are 33 years later, basically. I still can't believe, I mean, what were we talking, was it last week or the week before where he was honored and, I mean, just made a fool of himself. Made a there. fool of himself in yeah. Philadelphia. And right. he, I mean, he basically made it so nobody's rooting for him. Nobody wants him. Well, and he took the shine off of his 1980 team that won the World Series, and that's why they were there to honor him 42 years later because... Mm-hmm. The pandemic, they couldn't honor him when on the 40th anniversary, blah, blah, blah. There was controversy about bringing him back. And then basically what he did was he, he for all for all those that said he shouldn't have been allowed there, he he just opened up his mouth and, and showed exactly why. <laughs> Proved that they were right. Proved that they were right. Yeah. yeah. Proved that they were right. Uh, Dolly Madison, I don't even know if they still make these anymore, but Dolly, there was a Dolly Madison fruit pie. Dolly Madison cakes. Dolly, there was a whole Dolly Madison line of, of uh, treats, much like Hostess. There was Dolly Madison and there was Hostess. Maybe you guys. I remember Dolly Madison. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what they made, but I remember it was some sort of little prepackaged treats. Yeah, much like cupcakes and things like that. Sure. So you had your choice of Dolly Madison or Hostess. I'm guessing, Hostess. Doesn't matter. I don't know, probably when I was a kid and those were around, I didn't care either way. Yeah, didn't care either way. Just give me um, some sugar. With regard to the 1968 curfew, my guess would be that that was related to the race riots that were uh, that took place uh, in the summer of 1968. Uh, after the uh, assassination of Martin Luther King, there were race riots throughout the, throughout the country, including Detroit. Maybe. And there were a lot of cities that had 2 a.m. curfews for a long, long time that you couldn't. You couldn't start an inning or play after 2 a.m. for whatever reason. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm guessing that the 1 a.m. Was, re- <clears throat> was regarding the, the race riots that took place uh, in that, that summer. Which, and this is going to be, here we are, August. It's right after the assassination of uh, Robert F. Kennedy, too, which was in June mm-hmm. of 68. Uh, somebody says, don't forget Little Debbie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't forget Little Debbie. Uh, this... That would just be criminal this for you jeff try being a rangers fan jeff which you are you guys have won a world series so spare me the my team is horrible take and since then your team has been to the world series twice and mine's been in the playoffs twice with a terrible manager currently i'd rather have not have a manager than have the manager what if he takes you to a world series this year what if they get this year yeah I don't even there. There's no possibility for that. Tech will win a national championship this year before the White Sox won the World Series this year. Mm.
big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. 7.01 this morning on the Morning Drive. Thanks for being with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. If you're reporting late to work, you are not alone. There's a couple in our midst uh, that have already uh, copped to the plea uh, this morning. So if uh, for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's the just the, the, the dreariness of the last couple of days, the rain, the cooler weather, the things like that's just making you just drift off into never, never land and, you know, hitting snooze and then turning off your alarm and then poof, you're an hour late, like a couple of the guys reported about an hour ago. So if you find yourself in that spot and you want to confess, uh, hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line or the Benchmark Hotline. With Jamie Lent, Jeff McGuire, and Chuck Hines, we come to you this morning from the First United Bank Double T 97.3 studio. I think that's common when you kind of have days like this. You kind of feel like, oh, man, it's just, it feels like it's sleeping weather. Sleeping weather? <laughs> yeah, sleeping weather, right? Maybe sleeping, so. Sleeping weather. You know, it's a little overcast. You know, it's a little cooler. You know, it's just uh, that's just comfortable. Good. That com- is good weather to sleep in. You know, comfortable yeah. kind of thing. Just going to kind of roll over and go, yeah, you know. They don't need me quite this early this morning, even though they may. Mm-hmm. You know, the person that you might be relieving if somebody's working the graveyard shift, they go, oh, no, yeah, you, <clears throat> we need you to be here, like, right now. So, there you go. Uh, you guys had a, uh, I, I thought, an interesting discussion, you and Clint, yesterday on uh, the bottom line with regard to the starting quarterback and how they, how they came to that decision. Uh, with regard to uh, Tyler Shuck, uh, was it was it what he did? Was it what the others didn't do? Is it about the complexity of the offense? Um, you know, because you know, Coach McGuire talked about how he put him himself in in the most competitive of situations and, and maybe took care of the ball the best. Um, and you, you you pointed out, Donald. Don't want to misquote you here. So, um, about how much how athletic Donovan Smith is, and that maybe it's it spoke to the style of quarterback play that we're that we're going to see out of this particular offense versus what maybe Sonny Cumbie was running. Yeah, maybe a little bit less necessary to have your quarterback be mobile. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, I don't want to act like Tyler Shuck is a statue back there. I mean, he can move. Right. He, I mean. He showed that mm-hmm. in four games last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not at the level, you know, that that Donovan does, but yeah, he can move. I mean, there's a reason why you were putting Donovan in the game through those first four games to have plays where he was going to run the football, compared to keeping Tyler in. Yeah, and and then and then the other thing was maybe the accuracy that he might have versus the other two guys in terms of of throwing the ball, whether it's inside or outside or, or down the field. Yeah, even though you saw him have, you know, more interceptions and less attempts than Donovan did. But but it's not about what you did last year, right? It's about what you're doing right now mm-hmm. and practices and, you know, what they're seeing, what they saw in the spring and what they're seeing here in fall camp. That's what it's about. You know, who's doing the best right now? Who's Who's understanding this new offense the best right now? Who's... Who's he able to read defenses? And that's where you'd like to think that the experience from Tyler Shuck would help a little bit. But um, again, I mean, he's been around a long time, but, you know, he split time at quarterback at Oregon and then mm-hmm. he missed 
three quarters of last year's season or whatever it was. But um, so it's not. He may be older, but maybe maybe not just so much more experienced. Yeah, yeah. And the and the body. It's not like he started for four years and then came yeah. here. It's not like he's got this big, huge body of work. Right. Of, of successful. He's got a bigger one, though. No question. He, he does have a bigger one. Uh, and then the thing that's that's that is curious is how the other two quarterbacks are going to be used at least week one. You know, with the specific packages that are being designed for them, and how does that how does that play into this? Yeah, that. <laughs> That one is just very confusing to me, if I'm being honest. I mean, we, we, okay, so we know third and short, fourth and short, or in situations like that, we want to run Donovan, right? They mm-hmm. want to see the Red Raiders run Donovan. I, what, I, I don't know what packages Baron is better. I, and, and I mean that wholeheartedly. I do not know. Right. Um, you know, what situation is, is, you know, is he the guy that throws it deeper? Is he the guy that's, I mean, what what does he bring? What's his skill set that these other two guys don't have? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not saying he doesn't have it. I just don't know what it right. is. Yeah. Or is that we want to make sure all three of these guys get a chance moving forward? Or is that we promised all three guys that they're going to have a shot and they're going to play, so we're going to play them? I don't, I don't know. I'm just confused because I get Donovan has a different skill set mm-hmm. than Tyler Shuck does. I just don't get where Baron Morton says. I don't know. And I am, I am not trying to be critical with that. I'm admitting ignorance here. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see what that is. What situation is Baron better than Tyler and Donovan? Well, maybe if you had a full look at the field or a full look at practice or a full scope of things, you'd have a better understanding of it. And that's, and I say you, I mean, all can, of us. All I mean, can us. you even come up with a scenario that would make sense to you? No, I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I'm just, try, I'm just trying to distinguish the, the difference. Okay, so you, you hear people talk about the strength of Baron Morton's arm. Okay, uh-huh. I get that. Right. You know, and, and you saw some of that in the And spring. I also hear people say that he's uh, super athletic, too. And it, I mean, he's got wheels, and that he's a you know a gifted runner as well. So I think he's got great tools, and that's why I've said all along I'm confident in all three of these guys starting. I'm just very interested to see what the package is for Baron. Yeah, right. Because that's the term that's been used. Yeah, that's just very interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, and and you know, is this a is this a situation where okay, you get up, let's say you get up twenty one nothing or twenty eight nothing on Murray State? Are you going to see? Donovan Smith in, and is the offense going to look much different? Or are you going to see Baron Morton in, and is are they going to throw down the field more? Are they going to go more, you know, sideline patterns? Are they going to go more across the field? Are they going to utilize the running backs less out of the back? I don't know. Has any well, has anybody? I, guess yeah, I was going to ask. Does anybody know who the backup is? No, I haven't seen a depth chart. So my guess would be it's going to be or, 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 <laughs> Smith or Morton. So is the package that Barron's in for when the game's not in doubt? <laughs> I mean, is that just, that. yeah, I know. Or is it, you know, we're tied at seven in the first quarter and this is the perfect spot for Barron. 
Yeah, I don't know. What is that perfect spot? I, I, I don't know because I am totally confused. You'd like to have like and again. Some kind of I am not trying to criticize here. I am just saying I have no idea how this works. No, I I, th- I think that's I think that's fair, and I think it's also fair when it says the week one starter is you know Tyler Shuck. It's just it's confusing to me, and yeah. and that's why I do wonder if it's some of it is hey we want to see all three of them. In real situations, not in mop-up time. Mm-hmm. We want to see them all three when against their ones when the game's still on the line. Yeah. So, I mean, how does that work? I mean, are you up fourteen nothing in the second quarter, and it's Baron Morton time, or it's Donovan Smith time, and you see how the offense rolls with 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 them at that point in time? You know? I don't know. Yeah. It's no. It's 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 interesting, and who knows? They may get into the game and go. Okay, Shuck is clearly the guy here, and blah 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 blah, and we're just not going to get to the point where it's Baron Morton time. I don't know. We'll uh, kick this around a little bit more this morning. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Jamie's question of the day on Double T ninety seven three is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, Jamie, fire away. All right, I feel like we've had really good Red Raider football discussion today, but I actually am going to shock you here, Chuck, and I'm going to flip to Dallas Cowboys talk. Okay. Funny you just brought them up. Okay. So my question for you and Jeff and our fine listening audience today, I think many of us have doubts with the head coaching position there Mm -hmm. in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's it going to take for the Cowboys this year for Mike McCarthy to keep his job? I think he's got to get to the NFC Championship game. Which means winning one or two playoff games. Control the division. And what I mean by I don't want to say 6 and 0 in the division, but 5 and 1, 4 and 2, be the heads and shoulders best team in the division and win the division outright and not be waiting on it for the last week. They were 12-5 and five last year. Right, and no team in the NFC East has won it back-to-back years and forever. Break that streak. I, I just don't think winning the division is going to be anywhere near close enough for Mike McCarthy. Not when Sean Payton is sitting over at Fox Sports, you know, looking uncomfortable uh, on a pregame show. Like, it's like, what's wrong with this picture? Sean Payton in a coat and tie without coaching togs and a visor. Well, to quote Jerry Jones, he had options this offseason if he wanted to make that move. The Cowboys would have had to compensate the Saints for that, though. So I'm in the middle of you guys. I think it takes more than just winning the division. I don't think you have to get to the NFC Championship game. I think you got to win one playoff game. Okay? So, you know, or maybe that means, I mean, first-round bye would mean that you would be in the second round, but you wouldn't have had to have played. I don't think that's likely. There's not very many buys. There's only one buy, yeah, so yeah, it's only yeah. if you if you so I don't the overall one seed. In I the don't NFC. think that's likely. I I think if they win a postseason game and get to that second round, I think he keeps his job. I think he keeps his job. Yeah, I I I think the sting of losing to the 49ers last year at home. I think there's a hangover from that. You know, with that with that team and how they basically just got manhandled. Um, didn't protect home field at all. They had home field advantage. I mean, they had 
it's not like it was all set up for them. It was certainly set up for them for a deep run where it would take some pressure off of the, you know, making a change or changing everything up or, you know, kind of validating Dak Prescott or something along those lines. Um, I, and I don't know. I, I, I look, I, I look at Dak and I see a guy who makes a lot of money uh, and has been a basically a regular season quarterback, but hasn't yeah, but you lifted can't, his team. You can't fire the quarterback. You can't. No, you can't fire the quarterback. Um, but over the weekend, I think it was Sunday. Um, Fox had a uh, a game on. I think it was Sunday night with their one team. You know, with uh, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, who's the new number one broadcast team, and they're. Their uh, their halftime was, you know, hosted by Kurt Menefree and and then uh, they had Jay Glazer. Maybe it was Jay Glazer and 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 uh, Sean Payton. But just looking at Sean Payton, it's like God. I've never seen him in a suit, and I've never seen him look more uncomfortable. And I've never thought this guy is going to be coaching somewhere next season. He's just refueling his batteries, but he'll be supercharged and ready to go, and he'll be perfect for the Cowboys. Now, I think you really, really want that. I do want that. Okay, so I like I think Sean Payton. You, I think you are every way possible. You're gonna, you're gonna make it reach to. Oh, you see how he scratched his nose there? <laughs> that means he's gonna be coaching the Cowboys next year. Oh, yeah. You hear what he said that uh, Dallas you, should beat the Redskins? That means he's gonna coach them next year. Yeah, generals. Uh, I'm sorry, general. What are they? Who are they? Commanders. Commanders. Commanders, yeah. Yeah, commanders. Whatever they are. Um, okay, so going back to Dak real quick. Chuck, would you take 4,449 yards passing, 37 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions for Patrick Mahomes this year without knowing anything about your team as you walk into the season right now? Because you're going to tell me those are Dak's those numbers. Those are Dak's numbers, that but that's not the question I asked yeah. you. Would you take that from Patrick Mahomes this I'd want to know how many wins that translates to. Those are the numbers that I can give you because – that's obviously Dak didn't succeed in the playoffs and had a boneheaded move at the end of the San Francisco 49ers game that there's no excuse for with regards to running out the clock when the clock was a giant issue that they all should have been aware of. Including the head coach. Including the head coach. But 4,449 yards, let's just call that 4,500 because it's really, really close to that, and 37 touchdowns. That's a good season from a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not upset with his play versus his contract. I'm upset that the contract is what it is because he hasn't won the Super Bowl yet, and that feels like a Super Bowl winning quarterback contract. But but look at every other court. Look at what Kyler Murray oh, sure. got. Look I'll, at what look at what Lamar Jackson's going to get or anybody else. But four thousand five hundred yards passing—that's mm-hmm. a good quarterback stat. Thirty-seven touchdowns. It's not fifty, but it's not twelve either. We're not talking about a bad quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about not winning a playoff game. Yeah, I'm confused. Uh, forgive me. What exactly what the point is? <laughs> there's a lot of heat. I didn't on, mean that to be rude. No, no. I'm no just, uh, there, there's a lot of heat on Dak because of his contract yeah. and that he's That's underperforming fair. it. 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns. No, nobody's complaining about his regular season stats, Jeff. People are saying, can he take the team to a different level? Can he lead the team to postseason success? Can he beat above 500 teams? These are all great questions. Okay, so, so far he and, hasn't. So, and so far I he mean, hasn't. So you throw in his stats out and, and what he does in, you know, against bad teams. and uh, I mean, 
I mean, you can use that. I, I don't usually use this term or this term, but stats is for losers, right? It's about wins when you're talking about quarterbacks and he's not getting that done. So uh, while you're, while, while what you're saying is accurate, that his numbers are good. And yeah, I would pretty much any quarterback in the NFL, pretty much, you're probably taking those numbers you just threw out there. Mm -hmm. But then tell me that he doesn't win a postseason game. And I can tell you Kansas City saying not good enough. I can tell you Buffalo saying not good enough and Tampa Bay saying not good enough and Cincinnati's saying not good enough. Because you know what? They have quarterbacks who put up great numbers too and they win games in the postseason. And that's why Dak's not elite. Dak can put up numbers with the best in the regular season and beat bad teams. But what's he doing in the postseason? That's the difference in those guys and some others I didn't mention. Mm -hmm. Okay? You say the same thing about Kyler Murray. And he's got a very similar contract, right? Got paid paid big time, and what's he done in the postseason? Nada. Nothing. And so it just goes back to that's what quarterbacks are judged on. Nobody's saying that about Micah Parsons. Oh, yeah, Micah Parsons, man, you were a great defensive rookie of the year. Okay, well, what would you do in the postseason? Nobody says that about defensive ends or outside linebackers. It's about but quarterbacks. You got to win in the postseason. And, and you know what's you know what's crazy right now is with what's going on in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo, who um, is not going to be the starter, and probably not going to be traded, not going to be released, uh, but not going to play. Um, and yet, you could make a case where he's had tremendous playoff success. And then, guys, I was listening to Double T ninety seven three uh, Sunday night, driving around, not just driving around listening, but I was, you know, <laughs> you know it's like driving around. I was, you know, running errands, and you know, the point, the point this guy was making was like, you know, for all of his success, you know, Garoppolo is one of the reasons why the 49ers didn't beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because he missed an open receiver, and then he, this, these guys were also saying about Kansas City. Well, look at the, look at the margin, look at the thin line of success here. You know, Mahomes has been to four, and the Chiefs have been to four straight AFC Championship games. And they've lost two of those at home uh, in overtime. And I would say, well, one of them, they lost in overtime because they never got the ball. And neither one was Mahomes' fault, but it was just the... And then then they point out the Chiefs Uh, coming back in the defense of 49ers, not... Anyway, they're just talking about the margin of error is so so small. Well, that's fair, but I mean, he's also... He and the Chiefs are also winning games to get to the AFC yeah, Championship right. game, and I earning mean, you're that right. Still having success yeah. in the postseason, no, no doubt. You're not going to win them, win them all. No. So anyway, it's um, it is crazy, but I do think at the end of the day, I think he's got to get to the NFC Championship game, or at least win a playoff game. Um, I'm not sure he can survive losing a home playoff game. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Alongside Jamie Lent, I'm Troyce Woodman in for Chuck Hines. You too can join us. Your thoughts and comments So welcome on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Through that Double T 97.3 mobile app brought to you by Happy State Bank. How are you doing this morning, Jamie? I'm doing great. Are you? How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. You in a better mood than you were yesterday after I that? really didn't think I was uh, grouchy, but uh, mm-hmm. apparently you and Clint both said so, so I must have been grouchy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to be. Yeah. Takes was... one takes one to know one choice, so. <laughs> you would, 
I mean, they don't call you Oscar for nothing, so. <laughs> Do they call me Oscar? Well, I didn't know that one. I just thought Jerk Jamie pretty much said it all. Okay, yeah, that does. That does kind <laughs> of encompass it. So, uh, you see the new movie coming out? There's lots of new movies. The, all the new time. movie, like there's just one. Just the one. The new tennis movie. Oh, no. Thought you'd be all over this. I've not seen said movie. What is the movie? It's called Game Set Love. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> sure it does. No, it doesn't. Because it's a love story, Jamie. Game Set Nothing. <laughs> Basically. That's... That is what it would mean in tennis language. But uh, yeah, Game Set Love, this new Hallmark movie coming out. You're not, you're not all the way in on watching it? I don't know. I don't know. I I know your love for tennis is I I will large. It is very large. I will watch said movie if I turn this movie on <laughs> and the actors and actresses actually look like they could play tennis. <laughs> Isn't that the worst thing in sports? If they like look movies? like they have no clue. If there's no topspin, if the form is terrible, <laughs> no I will spin. shut this thing off <laughs> so fast. Oh, man. That's where you just got to get tricky with the cameras and make sure you're hitting from or yeah. shooting from behind with the stunt double in there, the actual tennis yeah. player. You should be a tennis player stunt double. Is that what I should be? I think that's... yeah. Your next job after uh, director of trail cleaning. Good old DOTC. Um, uh, this one follows tennis player Taylor as she coaches her friend Will for a mixed doubles tournament when she finds out there is more to him than just being a bad boy. <laughs> I'm reading the synopsis. Verbatim. So cheesy. <laughs> Y'all don't have Hallmark on in your, your household? Not very often. I, I guess saw, around Christmas time we do. Okay, I literally saw this because my wife was watching Hallmark or something, and I came through it and saw that as a, uh, a commercial. I'm like, oh, I gotta save that one for Jamie. Well, I'll be sure to record it. What's the uh, What's the worst movie? My, my wife will be like, oh yeah, great, more tennis. <laughs> of course. <laughs> hey, it's a Hallmark movie, babe. Come on, sit down. No, um, what's the worst movie when it comes to Sports movies where they it is obvious they cannot they're actors playing sports. I'm trying to think of Well that terrible show that Fox did a few years ago. Pitch? Pitch, yeah. Yeah, that one. Like you saw I never watched a single episode. You saw the preview, preview. and yep. um the girl who was supposedly a you know, big league pitcher or whatever, I mean threw terribly. I don't know if she can make it to the plate with that form. Mm -hmm. yep. So I'm like, there's no sense of watching that. That'll just drive me nuts. Uh, well, most, and I say most, probably like 95% of uh, A League of Their Own was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Every time I see Madonna catching the fly ball, it looks like a dancer doing dance steps to catch the ball. Like, <laughs> that it's completely, every step is choreographed, including catching the ball. It, yeah. it just looks off. Mm -hmm. But everything else in it was fantastic. Okay. Yeah, what about the movie like with the monkey pitches? Ed? Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah, Although, I don't know that I have either, I kid, but at least. it seems very unrealistic. Uh, John Goodman and the Babe. Okay. He was not... Mm -hmm. the, the swing, not mm -hmm. so great. He said... He did say afterwards like he really wished he would have 
work learned, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, learned more of yeah. how to swing a How's bat. How's the... Uh, it seems like I remember watching the previews for the Kurt Warner movie. Okay, so, And it's not. And his uh, in, throwing motion's not great. Initially, I thought that from some of the previews, this, there's not that much football in it. I, I would highly recommend the movie, so... I mean, yeah, it's, I actually it's almost actually really watched good. it last night. Really? Yeah. I would I would watch it. Good yeah. family movie, great story mm-hmm. to it. It's it's a good movie. Though his throwing motion on a couple of throws little bit Edgy questioning and a little bit girlish. I mean, just kind of like Uncle Rico throwing the steak over there, but is it as bad as a former coworker of ours in a oh, no. preview video? No, 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 no. <clears throat> Do you know who we're talking about? Sokolov. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, his uh, throwing motion. And was offered a chance to redo it, and said, "Oh no, it'll be fine." No, it's okay. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you two can join us. Those thoughts and comments welcome on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Said my dad saw the Kurt Warner movie by himself in theater Christmas Day. Don't know why it was such a big deal to him. It was a good movie. Yeah, I'll check it out. Game set cringe. They turned summer catch into a tennis flick. Uh, this motion was okay in summer catch. I didn't hate that movie. No, I was okay with it. What about uh, I saw this on a list. Uh, Ray Ray Loyota in uh, Eight Men Out. Oh man, I don't remember. Don't remember. I don't, I don't remember, remember being bad. I don't remember it bothering me. Let me put it to you. Didn't bother way. you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just hearing Hallmark synopsis makes my skin crawl. Wimbledon was embarrassing too. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Sure that you have. Yeah. And that's yeah. pretty bad. Like tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that guy? I just think of him as the uh, the weirdo from A Knight's Tale. Playing the- Jeffrey Chaucer. Yeah. Like, playing an actual person. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, continue to hit us up. See Pujols hit 693 last night? He's, Are you rooting for him? He's really putting on a surge here at the end. Yeah, sure. Sure. I you want to see him any... get to 700? Yeah, I don't have any Albert beef, so. I got some, but I still am rooting for him. Yeah. No, like, I'm rooting for him. I look at uh, Albert like I look at uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Never rooted for him. There are times where he hurt my team. Dirk hurt my team more than Albert did. But Albert on a bigger stage. Uh, but I have a ton of respect for him. So that's kind of kind of where I'm at. How is he doing this? He's like he's hitting the ball like he's uh, got a ringworm or something. Lately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nice. he is uh, he's on a tear. Yeah. He's had, what, seven home runs in the last month or so? I think, I think like 13 games. 13 games? Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Sports is that way. Joyce, you just get in a groove or you get feel like, man, the baseball looks like a beach ball or the basket looks huge. I mean, yeah. just all of a sudden confidence is high. And Have you ever felt that groove? Because I'm still looking for it when I, when I play. What's the tennis equivalent to the, the basket? <clears throat> I feel, huge. I feel that groove when I walk into the studio for the morning drive every morning. Okay. I feel like, I got this. I I'm, got this. I'm winning today. <laughs> and how long into the show before it goes away? 602, 603? <laughs> oh, man. 
yeah. Uh, this Henry R Rowan Gardner, Rudabagger, Rosenbagger. I'm trying to think. Was uh, Chet Stedman, Gary Busey? How was? It? How did he throw in that movie? I'm trying to remember if his was his was rough. I thought not. Jack Parkman. I th I think I remember feeling like he threw terribly. Okay. As the catcher. Because he was a catcher, right? Yeah, he was yeah. a catcher. Seems like I remember that. Jack Thinking Parkman. that's a terrible throw. Zach Sparkman's alter ego. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ed was a chimp that could turn a double play, and he partied with Matt Bl LeBlanc. Leave Ed alone. <laughs> okay, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, didn't even mean to strike a nerve. Are <laughs> uh, ringworms medicinal and dumas? No, that was just a uh, Fernando Tatis reference, if you didn't. Didn't pick it up. Sorry. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.